Thanks for checking out this message from Coastal Community Church. We hope it's helpful and encouraging. Good morning, everybody. Good morning, and welcome to Coastal Community Church. I am Pastor Chris. Uh, Thank you. Thank you for tuning in and joining with us online. Those of you who are consistently uh, engaging and watching, we appreciate it. Uh, If you're in town, we'd love to see you in person, joining all these uh, fine, beautiful folks here today. Um, We are in the series right now called Living in Victory. And uh, each week we're looking at living in victory over some of the common causes of stress and frustration. And um, today's a big one. Um, You know, there's an old saying that goes, all sunshine and no rain makes a desert. In other words, if you never have any dark times, any dark, gloomy experiences in your life, you'll kind of, you'll get dried up, right? You'll have no depth to yourself, no maturity. It, It takes Good times and bad times to to grow somebody, to mature someone. And life really is a mixture of both. It's a mixture of victory and defeat, of success and failure, of mountaintop experiences and uh, low, low valleys. And so today we're going to talk about living in victory through the dark valleys of life. Even in the darkest of valleys, the darkest of days, God is right there. You know, we began this whole series saying that, you know, the 23rd Psalm is like the uh, John 3.16 of the Old Testament, that if you've been at a memorial service, a funeral service, more than likely you've heard this psalm, you know this psalm. Well, today's verse is probably the most popular uh, verse in the 23rd Psalm. Most people are familiar with this particular verse, Psalm 23, verse 4. Even though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil, for you are with me. Your rod and your staff, they comfort me. Now, I don't know if you know this or not, but in in Israel, there actually is a real valley of the shadow of death. Uh, It is this narrow, steep, dark canyon. Uh, The sun, in fact, only hits the bottom of it when it's directly overhead at high noon. Uh, The rest of the time, the the canyon is a pretty dark, dark place. And more than likely, David would have led his sheep through uh, the valley of the shadow of death as he was growing up. And as you look through the Bible, the term valley uh, typically refers to all kinds of tough and difficult times in life. Joshua talks about the valley of calamity. Psalm 84 talks about the valley of weeping. Hosea talks about the valley of, of trouble. And this particular verse in Hebrew actually means the valley of deep darkness. So what do you do when you're there? How do you handle the dark valleys of life? First of all, I I think you do need to understand some facts, some truth um, about a valley when you're going through it. Uh, Number one, uh, valleys are inevitable. They're inevitable. In other words, they're going to happen. So you might as well count on them happening in life. In fact, everybody in this room, everybody watching online, you are either in a valley right now, you're coming out of one, or you're headed into one. Very encouraging today, right? <laughs> but I mean, that's, that's the truth. That's the reality. R- valleys happen all throughout life. After every great mountaintop experience, there is a valley. In fact, Jesus was very uh, matter-of-fact about this. In John 16, he tells his followers, hey, here on earth, you will have many trials 
and sorrows. But take heart, because I have overcome the world. So it's not a matter of if. It really is a matter of when. It's going to happen. You're going to have difficulty, discouragement, disappointment. There'll be times of suffering, sorrow, and sickness. There'll be times of frustration, failure, fatigue. It's going to happen. It's a normal part of life, so we shouldn't be surprised by it. Number two, values are also unpredictable. Unpredictable. You can't plan for them. You can't schedule them. They're unexpected. And they usually happen at like the absolute worst time, right? When you don't have time and you're unprepared. How many of you have ever had a flat tire at a good time? Right? I mean, that just never happens, right? They usually happen when you least need them and it's most inconvenient. And it would be great if you could actually schedule, right, your valleys, but just doesn't happen that way. You know, have you, have you noticed how easy, how easily a good day can become a really bad day? You know, all it takes is a phone call, um, a routine doctor's visit, a freak accident, a text. Valleys just happen. In fact, Jeremiah 4.20 says, disaster follows disaster. The whole land lies in ruin. In an instant, my tents are destroyed, my shelter in a moment. Number three, valleys are also impartial. Impartial, in other words, nobody's immune to them. No one is insulated from them. You know, nobody gets to skate through life problem-free. Everybody's got problems. I mean, it doesn't matter who you are. You know, rich, poor, good, bad, everybody has a valley. Everybody has dark days. Valleys are no respecter of persons. Valleys are like the DMV of life, right? That's, I had to go to the DMV a couple of weeks ago. Wow, I had not been there in a while, and it is the, uh, you know, it, no respecter of persons. It is a cross-section of humanity uh, in the DMV. But having difficulties and problems and trials, it doesn't mean that you are a bad person. It just means you're a person. You know, it doesn't mean that you're a, an evil human being. It just means you're human. The Bible is very clear that, you know, good things happen to bad people. Sometimes bad things happen to good people. In Matthew 5, 45, Jesus said, For he who gives his sunlight to both the evil and the good, and he, and he sends rain on the just and the unjust alike. Both. You know, when you go through a valley, when you go through a difficult time, typically our first reaction is always, Why? You know, but really, more specifically, why me? And yet, really, you should be asking yourself, why not me? I mean, do you think that you should be exempt from all the problems of life that everybody else has to go through? Do you think you're going to be the only person in the universe that never has a tragedy, never has a loss, never loses a loved one? Instead of saying, why me, just realize that it's going to happen, that you're, you're human. This is not heaven, right? This is not perfect. There are problems here. There are difficulties here. And good thing, bad things are going to happen even to good people, to Christians. But number four, valleys are temporary. They have an end to them. They don't last. 
You know, the, this, this valley that you might find yourself in right now, it's not a permanent location. David says, even though I walk through the valley. So a valley is not something that you're going to, it might feel that way, but it's not something you're going to stay in, you know, your entire life. It's something you go through. It's a circumstance, a situation that typically has a season to it. Now, when you're in the valley, a lot of times it feels like this is a dead end, but it's not. It's actually more like a tunnel. You know, there's a beginning, there's an end, you go through the tunnel, and eventually you come up out of it, and then you're in the light again. 1 Peter 1.6 says, there is wonderful joy ahead, even though you must endure many trials for a little while. He says, you're going to go through hard times. You are. Life's tough, but only for a little while. And he actually says, there is a, there's wonderful joy ahead. Now, he's talking about heaven there. You know, he's just trying to remind us that no matter how difficult or painful it might feel like here, this is just, you know, a short time compared to, you know, eternity, and there's going to be no problems in heaven, no valleys, no dark days. You might be harassed here, but you're not going to have any problems there. If you know Jesus personally, that's where you're going. So don't be discouraged, he says. In fact, 2 Corinthians 4.17 says, for our present troubles are small and won't last very long. Yet they produce for us a glory that vastly outweighs them and will last forever. He's trying to remind us that you know, even if you live on this earth 80, 90 plus years and you have problems your entire life, Ultimately, that is so insignificant compared to the millions and millions and millions of years in eternity, problem-free. And he says, there's an eternal glory. In other words, pain can be productive. There can be a benefit, a lesson from our problems if we'll respond in the, in the right way. There, there, there's, a, there's a long-term eternal benefit if you respond to it correctly, which leads me to number five. Valleys are purposeful. They're purposeful. God has a reason for it. You know, whether it's doubt or depression or discouragement, God can use that pain in our life and we can, we can grow through it. There's a reason for it. You know, you go back to 1 Peter 1, 6. Remember, it says, there's wonderful joy ahead even though you must endure many trials for a little while. He says for a little while. They're not gonna last you know, you are temporarily harassed with problems here, and he says, many trials. In other words, there's all kinds of valleys, aren't there? And some of you have been through different types of struggles, different dark days, different valleys. You know, a financial valley, a relational valley, uh, an emotional valley, a physical one. But then in verse 7, he says, these trials will show that your faith is genuine. It's being tested as fire tests and purifies gold, though your faith is far more precious than mere gold. So when your faith remains strong through many trials, it'll bring you much praise and glory and honor on the day when Jesus Christ is revealed to the whole world. God wants to use the valleys of our, of our lives to build our faith. Now, we all love the mountaintop experiences. We all, you know, love those times when, you know, life is good and everything's, you know, you know, just clicking and everything's going well. But typically we don't build our faith on a mountaintop. 
you grow your faith in the valley of the shadow of death. You know, when everything's going great, sometimes we act and behave as though we don't really need God. But when you come face to face with a dark valley, man, that's when you get on your knees. Our faith is strengthened in the valley. You know, it's when you don't feel like serving and loving and giving and trusting and sharing and praising. That's when your faith is tested. You know, not in a, a church picnic, not sitting, you know, on a soft, comfortable chair in church. It's in the valleys of the shadow of death. You know, every, every problem can have a purpose, can have a purpose. God can use the, the valleys, the problems of our life to build our character, to change us, to mature us. And I have, I've, I've, made, I've said this next statement more times than I can count in uh, 32 years here at Coastal. And that is, our God is far more concerned with your character than he is your comfort. With, he's far more concerned with your, your character than, than your convenience. He wants you to be holy more than he wants you to be happy. You know, he's trying to make us like Jesus. And he wants to develop within us the character of Christ. And if God is gonna make us like Christ, guess what? He's gonna take us through some of the circumstances in life that he took Jesus through. I mean, you think about it. Was Jesus exempt from suffering? What makes you think you're, you're gonna be exempt? You know, did Jesus experience times of loneliness? Was Jesus ever tempted to be discouraged? Absolutely. Was he ever misunderstood or maligned unjustly? Yes. Will you? Absolutely. Now, does God cause those accidents and those tragedies? No, God's good. He cannot, you know, he cannot cause evil. But if we will allow him, he does have the miraculous ability to use those tragedies and accidents and dark valleys for our good. He can even use the evil done to us by other people, turn it around, and bring good out of it. So what do you do? What do you do when you're in the middle of a dark valley? And I know some of you are, it feels like you're right there right now. I I pray this gives you some hope today. What do you do? Number one, refuse to be discouraged Refuse to be discouraged. He says, even though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil. Notice he says, I walk. I walk through it. Not I run through it, not I panic and run the other way. To walk means calmly, deliberately, purposefully take the next step through the valley. And David says, I am not gonna be afraid. I will walk calmly through the valley. By the way, you can't, Walk around a valley, you can't walk under a valley, you can't walk over a valley, you gotta walk through it. And then notice he says, I will fear no evil. The word will there implies a choice. It is a, is an act of, dis, of volition, it's, it's a decision. I will not be afraid. Now one of the more difficult things for us to, 
to process and maybe even to hear this morning is that in many ways, if you are discouraged right now, it's possible that it's because you're choosing discouragement. You see, I don't even have to know your problems. It's possible you are choosing to be discouraged. Discouragement is a choice. You don't have to be discouraged, but you're choosing to to focus on discouraging thoughts. You're choosing to look at all the negative. You're choosing not to focus on Christ and all the positive. You're, You're looking at the negative. That is a choice, and you can choose to change. You see, that is what God wants us to do when we're in the valley, to choose. It is a deliberate act. So how do I do that? How do I choose not to be discouraged? Well, by focusing on the power of God and not just on your problem. You know, why is it that you can take two people and put them in the exact identical situation, a tragedy, a crisis, a hardship, a loss, and one of them will be completely destroyed and blown away by it, and then the other one is actually strengthened by it. One of them falls apart. One of them is not. doesn't fall apart. How come? Typically, the difference is what you're choosing to focus on. And you've got to focus not on the circumstances themselves, but on Christ. Not on the situation, but on your Savior. Not on the problem, but on the power of God. In fact, Colossians 1.11 puts it this way. We also pray, listen to this, that you will be strengthened with all his glorious power so you will have all the endurance and patience you need. Man, that right there is what we need in a dark valley, right? Endurance, patience, because our energy, it runs out. I mean, after a trial of of a certain length of time, you don't have any energy left because human endurance, human patience eventually has an end to it. It runs out. And in the valleys of life, you're going to have to find a power source bigger than yourself. I mean, if you think you're going to make it through all the valleys of life in your own strength and on your own power, let me just tell you something. Man, you can forget it. You're not going to. You you and I do not have enough power to handle all the things that are going to hit you in life. you got to have a power source greater than yourself to plug into, which leads me to number two. Remember that God is with me. David said, for you are with me. Another translation says, for you are close beside me. You see, God not only promises us his power when we're in the valley, he actually promises us his presence. You know, you you never go through a valley in life by yourself. You never experience a dark day alone. Uh, Isaiah 43, 2, when you go through deep waters, I will be with you. When you go through the rivers of difficulty, you will not drown. When you walk through the fire of oppression, you will not be burned up. The flames will not consume you. I really believe that five of the most powerful words in the entire Bible are, I will be with you. David said, for you are with me. Every step of the way in the valley. There's nothing that you have to fear when Jesus is near. Listen, our God does not sit up in heaven looking down on you and saying, 
whoa, that looks bad. Hope they make it. Like, whoo, that's a bad one, right? No, he doesn't do that. No, he is right there with you in the valley, walking with you hand in hand. Listen, I don't, I don't know if you noticed this or not, but this is a really cool transition here in this psalm. And, and sometimes I think we miss this. But here in verse 4 of Psalm 23, there is this very deliberate, I believe, very strategic change in the language, okay? So in the first part of the psalm, all the pronouns are in the third person. You know, he talks about God. He leads me beside still waters. He guides me into green pastures. He restores my soul. David is talking about God. But then all of a sudden, when he gets in the valley, it changes to a second person pronoun. He starts talking not about God, but to God. You are with me. Your rod, your staff, they comfort me. Don't you see? It's in the valleys of life that bring us face to face with God. All of a sudden, the ultimate becomes the intimate. You see, when I'm going through the valley, I don't know about you, I don't want to talk about God. I want to talk to God. I need Him. That's where religion becomes a relationship. And listen, every mature believer will tell you. I mean, every person, you know, throughout your life, you know, that you've looked up to, you really think, man, this person, you know, they are walking with Jesus. Every single one of them will tell you that they have been closest to God when they had those face-to-face encounters that only happen in the valley of the shadow of death. When you're in the valley and you are spent, you are depleted, you are scared, you are afraid, you're in despair, and you find yourself talking directly to God. And he becomes real. And God says, I am with you. You're not in this by yourself. Again, we love the mountaintop, but we come face to face with God in the valleys of life. Number three. Rely on God's protection and his guidance. Rely on God's protection and guidance. David says, your rod and your staff, they comfort me. The rod and staff, they were the two basic tools that a shepherd would use to uh, protect and guide the sheep. So, you know, a rod was basically uh, about two feet long, and at the end of it there was this heavy, big, heavy knot And shepherds were very skilled at either swinging it or hurling it, you know, like a missile at anything that would attack the sheep. And so what God is saying here is that, hey, when you go through a valley, I'm there with you. I'm, I'm in fact, defending you. I'm protecting you. Now, today, shepherds don't use rods. They use guns, right? But, you know, it's interesting to me that in the Old West, a gun was also called a rod. When you're going through the valley, the dark valleys of life, God is not sitting up in heaven unconcerned or apathetic about about your situation. The good shepherd is fighting for you. When you're fighting for your life in that depression, God is there fighting with you and for you. He's fighting off spiritual forces. He is your defender. He is your protector. That's what the rod represents. The staff represents his guidance, his comfort. 
You know, the staff was that long stick with a crook at the end of it. The shepherd would use the staff to guide the sheep, to comfort the sheep, to draw them close in. He would use the staff to lift them up when they're down, to bring them close. When you go through a valley, his point is you're not in it alone. God's with you and he's using his rod and his staff to protect you, to comfort you, and to guide you. You know, when you go through the valleys of life, typically the shadows are the scary part, right? You know, we get scared, we're afraid in the shadows. And David says, even though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, not the valley of death, but the valley of the shadow of death, one day, someday, a valley is gonna come into your life, uh, a shadow. A shadow is gonna come into your life. You will experience one of those uh, shadow moments. And when you do, there's some things you need to remember about shadows. First of all, shadows are always bigger than the reality, okay? A shadow is bigger than the reality. Fear is always greater than the actual problem itself. It's the fear that gets you. It's the fear that's big. Uh, Secondly, shadows in and of themselves can't hurt you. They cannot hurt us. You know, have you ever been run over by a shadow? There's a difference between the shadow of a truck and a truck, right? Shadows are image without substance. They can scare you, but they can't hurt you. And then thirdly, there is no shadow without a light somewhere. There's no shadow without a light somewhere. You know, when you're going through a dark valley, you feel like you think that the sun has stopped shining, God is dead, I'm all alone, he doesn't care, and you can't see at all, and you think you're in, time, that you're in total darkness. But anytime there's a shadow, it means that there is a light somewhere. And so when you start to get afraid of the shadow in the dark valleys of life, you gotta turn your back on that shadow and look directly at the light, and then the shadows fall behind you. Don't look at the shadow, look at the light. In fact, in John 8, 12, Jesus said, I am the light of the world. If you follow me, you won't have to walk in darkness because you will have the light that leads to life. When you're looking at him, when you're focusing on him, when you choose to place your thoughts on him, you don't have to be afraid because all of the shadows will fall behind you. Somebody once said, if you look at the world, you will be distressed. Would you agree with that? I mean, I don't know about you, but if you watch the news today, if you're just watching any kind of you know, news channel, anything, I mean, you will be distressed If you look within, you'll be depressed. But if you look at Christ, you can find rest. But it is your choice. It is. It's what you're choosing to focus on. Anybody remember uh, the old hymn, Turn Your Eyes Upon Jesus? Anybody grow up singing that, remembering that? I I remember that. Uh, The chorus goes like this. Turn your eyes upon Jesus. Look full in his wonderful face, and the things of earth will grow strangely dim in the light of his glory and grace. Don't look at the shadow. When you find yourself walking through the valley of the shadow of death, look at the light. 
look to Jesus. Psalm 34, 19 says, The righteous person faces many troubles, but the Lord comes to the rescue each time. The righteous person faces many troubles, but the Lord comes to the rescue each time. As Christians, as followers of Jesus, we are going to have valleys just like everybody else. Christians have disappointments. Christians lose loved ones. Christians get sick. They experience tragedies. They have financial issues. They have family problems. Believers go through valleys just like everybody else. But there is a difference. And it's a big one. The difference is that while believers and non-believers go through the same valleys of life, the difference for the Christian is not the absence of the shadow, but it's the presence of the shepherd. The presence of the shepherd. Even though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil, for you are with me. Your rod and your staff, they comfort me. Are you in a valley right now? Look to Jesus. Turn your eyes upon him. Get your your thoughts and your, your mind and your eyes off the shadow and look to the light of Christ. Listen, maybe you're you're here today and you you don't yet know the good shepherd personally. Come home. It's one step of faith. Again, I don't know what brought you here today, but it might be that God brought you here so that you could hear just how much he loves you. He loved you so much that he sent his one and only son, Jesus, to pay the penalty, to pay the price of your sin. Like sheep, the Bible says, we have all gone our own path, our own way, and that path leads to death. But if you'll simply pour your heart out to the good shepherd, the one who laid down his life for his sheep, he will rescue you, he will bring you home, and you can experience the peace of Christ through even the darkest valleys of this life, and you can experience the abundant eternal life with God forever in heaven if you'll simply come home today. Bow your heads and pray with me. Dear Heavenly Father, God, today, thank you for your reminder that even through the dark valleys of life, we have a shepherd. Thank you that we can... um, walk through them, that you will be with us every step of the way. And Father, I just pray for those today who are in the middle of a valley. Give them the strength that they need. God, I pray that they feel and experience your protection and they keep their eyes on the light of Christ. Listen, if you're here today and you are ready to come home, listen, our loving Father He is simply waiting and wanting for you uh, to turn around and take a step of faith. Just pour your heart out right now in a prayer like this. Dear Heavenly Father, 
I admit it. I have gone my own way. I have veered off the path that leads to Christ. But today, God, I want to come home. I admit my sin. I, I believe. I believe that Jesus went to the cross for me. It was my sin that put him on that cross. I believe he paid the debt that I could not pay. And I believe that he rose from the dead to prove his power over sin and death and the grave. And I believe that he is alive. Today, I put my faith and my trust in him and in him alone. And for the rest of my life, God, I just want to follow him. I want to follow Jesus. Thank you. Thank you for loving us. Thank you for seeing us through even the darkest of valleys. We pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Thanks for listening. From Pastor Chris and the family at Coastal Community Church, have a blessed day.